0: So let's get into the mailbag questions here. Um, the first one, first one here is at G J his mailbag question here is who's impacted more by the AB signing in Tampa Bay. Is it Godwin or is it Evans? So with Antonio Brown, I think he's set to come uh, week nine and, um, got to start thinking, how does he affect uh, fantasy here? Uh, and, and in which way does um, he affect uh, the two big dogs over there, at Evans and Godwin? So looking at uh, both guys side to side here, Godwin has missed some time. So he's, he's played in one, two, three, four games, um, week one, three, six, and seven. So I looked at the target share just because I think that's a big stat for wide receivers. Um, Godwin, all right, week one seven targets, Mike Evans, four. Godwin, week three, six targets, Mike Evans, four. Week six, Godwin, seven targets, Mike Evans, two. And then in week seven, nine targets, Mike Evans, two. So games when both of these guys are healthy, the targets look like Godwin, 29, Mike Evans, 12. So um, I got my boy Jemmo popping in. What's up, Jemmo? Uh, there's a big target separation between the two, uh, weeks one through five, all touchdown games, six total for Evans. So he's a bit, uh, dependent on the touchdowns. It, it looks like obviously Antonio Brown's another guy that's going to have some sort of impact on this team. He's going to swallow up, um, some sort of involvement, some targets. So he's going to give a hit to both of these guys. It's not going to be just one or the other. But looking at the target share, how different it is between Godwin and Evans, if Godwin takes a target share hit and um, Evans does as well, Evans' target share is looking pretty weak compared to Godwin. So you got you to think that Mike Evans is taking a little bit bigger of a hit here, just having another guy to share with. And if Mike Evans is very touchdown dependent, we know Antonio Brown can score, right? So if he's going to score a couple touchdowns and take that away from Mike Evans, that's even more of a hit. But I think the overall message here is A.B., if he's healthy, good to go. He's going to take a little bit of a hit to everybody, but Mike Evans more in general. Don't drop Mike Evans. Package him in a deal. Keep him on your bench, whatever you need to do. But, yeah, that, that's that's my take for that. Um, another question here was from at BuiltDVH. So the question here is, who do you prefer rest of season? Noah Fant. Or Johnu Smith? It's a good question there. Um, Noah Fant right now is a tight end, 12. Johnu Smith is the tight end, 6. So, 6 spots better. Uh, Fant played in 5 games. Johnu Smith in 6 games. Um, here's how the targets look. Because we thought, you know, I was a big guy, skeptical of the Titans players just because we didn't know what the volume is going to be like. We know they like to use Derrick Henry. They'll throw when they need to, but this year Tannehill's, uh, he's throwing the ball. He's throwing the ball. Um, targets right now look like seven, five, eight, seven, two, four. So they fluctuate for Johnny Smith. Uh, no on the other hand, six, five, ten, six, seven over five games. So, um, his are a little bit more consistent. It looks like, uh, but, um, we do see a different ceiling when we look at the two guys, uh, the big games for Johnny Smith, 24.4, 21, and then he had a 13.6 game. Big games for Noah Fant, 19.1, 17.7, and then the rest were under 10. So I think Noah Fant's very involved in the passing game. I like Tannehill better as a quarterback than Drew Locke this year at least. We'll see how you know Locke progresses after he's back from this injury. Um but especially with a guy like Albert O who's going to be on the field now, it looks like more with Noah Fant. Uh, Jerry Judy's not even taking a lot of targets, so the targets are still there. Tim Patrick's a little beat up right now. Um, I'm taking Johnny Smith just because he's a big play waiting to happen kind of guy, and the opportunities he does get, he's utilizing him pretty good. So I was pretty skeptical. One of my biggest, biggest dynasty mistakes was in a short, short roster league uh, dropping Johnny Smith before the season, so I'm kind of – kind of kicking myself in the ass a little bit for that one. Um, but Johnny Smith or Noah Fant, I'm, I'm going Johnny Smith the rest of the season. Uh, I think his ceiling is is a lot higher um, than Noah Fant is, just looking at some of the games we've already seen. Uh, I'd like some answers, says Detroit Beastie Chris. I, I'm giving you the best ones I can, so hopefully they're, they're decent. Um, at Anthony P2W, I don't like that guy at all but I'll take his question he asks what is your trade strategy so I'm a big trade guy in the past in the past two weeks now I think I've had somewhere between six and nine trades across some some dynasty leagues the two dynasty leagues I in, mean, I've been very active so I, I love the trade I'm seven and oh in one league and I'm still looking to trade a lot just because I'm not comfortable you know at any time with the roster I don't want to lose a game and it's always on my mind. So. um Playing to win, P2W, that's my sort of thing. I hate losing. I'm a bad loser. So I trade a lot. Uh, My strategy usually is surrounded by looking at the needs of somebody else's team that has a guy I want. So let's say I looked uh, recently to get DK Metcalf. Got my first share of DK Metcalf in a dynasty league. So I um, looked at the guy's team. He was lacking a lot of depth. I have a lot of depth. So what I looked at is, Hey, what does it, what does he specifically need? Like, hi, nobody wants to trade DK Metcalf, right? Nobody wants to trade DK Metcalf. So how do I convince this guy to trade me DK Metcalf? So I sent Austin Eckler who's hurt, but he's going to be back as a dynasty league. Um, I sent Deontay Johnson as the, Hey, I'm taking Metcalf. Here is, is Deontay Johnson. And the other guy I, um, sent in that deal was, might've been a, Might have been a tight end in the deal as well because he needed that. And then I also sent, I think, a second. So I I packaged a big deal for DK, but I looked and I said, hey, this guy does not have running back depth. I need to give him somebody to replace DK, and then I got to give him more to convince him. So you really have to look at the other team's needs. Obviously, you know what you want. You know players you want, and you know your your area of depth. Um, So really identifying in a trade strategy, hey, this guy needs this. I need this. That's going to help you more than you know, sending a guy four wide receivers to get one wide receiver when the guy already has a bunch. You got to be smart with it. You don't want to just give him garbage for a piece of gold. Doesn't make sense. Next question here from at DMendy02. So my boy Mendy, I was just on his show with Triple Play on Tuesday, like I said. Um, he said, What's your favorite type of MMs? Uh, anything besides crispy is the wrong answer. So we got some Halloween questions here. Uh, I looked them up. This is a side note besides fantasy. Milk chocolate, peanut, peanut butter, pretzel, caramel, crispy almond, dark chocolate, minis, coffee nut, mint dark chocolate, snack mix, and white chocolate. You got a shit ton of M&Ms. And I'm going with the coffee nut. I was obsessed with that for a little bit. So I'm I'm all about that. Uh, might be a surprise answer, but um, that's what... Uh, Great draft take. I appreciate it, brother. That's Jemmo, the icon. Uh, but yeah, that's my take on the m and So we'll move on past the Halloween here. Uh, at Arch, TFL is asking, what are we doing about Seattle's backfield? Which is an interesting question. I think it's more of a this week specific question. But what are we doing with Seattle's backfield? I'd say season long, you know, there's always talk about hey, this guy is going to creep up on Chris Carson. In the past, it was Rashad Penny, right? He tore his ACL. Um, Carlos Hyde's in the mix. He was good for the Texans last year. People forget about that. Uh, Carlos Hyde was good for the Texans last year. Not an RB1, but he did his job. Uh, So people always question like, hey, you know, are there going to be targets that take away from Chris Carson, touches on the ball, red zone, what's going to be the case? Chris Carson is one of the most disrespected players in fantasy. I don't have any shares of Chris Carson, but I wish I did because he's always good. And I think we underappreciate his value. He does get banged up from time to time, but you know what? When he's there and he's healthy, he's producing consistently. Chris Carson had the buy already on his schedule and he's RB 11 on the year. Week one, 24.6. Week two, 19.8. Week four, 25. Week five, 19.9. He's had six catches in two out of six games. Chris Carson is not a guy, you know. In the past, we thought about as a pass catcher. We thought, you know, he's touchdown dependent. PPR league, he's missing that aspect. But having six catches in two out of the six games, and then he had three plus uh, three plus catches in five out of six games, he's doing what we thought he couldn't do, which was play. All right, we thought maybe the hip was going to hold him back. Right now, he's dealing with injury, but that's besides the point. And he's catching the ball. So, Chris Carson, you don't have to worry about the other guys when he's healthy. This week. It's looking like DJ Dallas. If if you're looking to stream a Seattle running back, you're in a pinch. Um, I think Carlos Hyde's doubtful. Travis Homer's banged up too. Rashad Penny's not in the mix at all right now. Uh, Chris Carson is is out. So it's looking like it's DJ Dallas if you need to stream a Seattle running back. Otherwise, you know, moving forward when Chris Carson is back, don't worry about the other guys because you really have no reason to unless DJ Dallas comes out this week, starts the game, and just goes nuts. Then he might make himself a case, Hey, I'm a rookie, I need some touches. Otherwise, it's the Chris Carson uh, show when he's healthy. Don't worry about the other guys. Another question here, at Detroit Beastie, my buddy Chris. Um, T. Higgins, home versus Tennessee, or Justin Jefferson in Green Bay? So which guy would you rather start? Um between six games, Tennessee Titans give up 1,632 passing yards. And the Green Bay Packers, who I pff, don't like, I'm a Bears fan, uh, have given up 1,442. So surprisingly, the Titans have given up more uh, passing yards. Looking at Jefferson, he's wide receiver 18. Higgins is wide receiver 26. So these are two guys that, you know, didn't start the season getting a massive target share, but definitely have earned themselves uh, a name in this league. Um Higgins average right now is 12.6 but Jefferson's is 17. I think I muted myself there. Um, yeah uh, Jefferson 30.5 and 39.6 uh, across two different weeks. so that's why his uh that's why his Season average is so high. Higgins has had some nice games. He's more consistent, I think, with his numbers because we saw some smaller, you know, uh, games in the smaller games compared to these thirty games are like in the teens. So that's nothing. There's nothing bad about that. I mean, he's more consistent scoring between I don't know thirteen to fifteen around that range. I think Jefferson's ceiling is just a bit higher, um, and for that reason, if I'm plugging in one of these guys, I think it's going to be Justin Jefferson this week because he can win you a matchup. You know, Higgins is going to give you nice points. I think you'd be more comfortable at times with Higgins because Joe Burrow's throwing the shit out of the ball all the time. Um, but Jefferson, he can he can put up that 30-point week, and can put up that 20-plus-point week. I think he can win you a matchup more than Higgins can. But I think both are very good starts this week. Um, and, and moving forward, I don't think there's weeks you're going to sit either one of these guys if you do have them. All right, the next one, uh, at the boys – underscore 22, my man, Kevin, top three Halloween candies. I'll go quick with this one. I think it's Twix crunch and Hershey's cookies and cream. How about that? Some random Halloween candy there. Um, next question, sticking to fantasy here, triple DFFP. So uh, my man, Nick over there, uh, great page. What is Michael Pittman's dynasty value coming off of IR? What is Michael Pittman's dynasty value coming off of IR? That's a good question. Um, Because uh, with the Colts, you've had a mix of guys being relevant. You know, T.Y. Hilton, a lot of people are retiring him in fantasy. Um, You're not comfortable playing him. Uh, Zach Pascal, you know, that's a guy that's been plugging in uh, to lineups here and there. Inconsistent a little bit. He's had a decent target share. Same with, uh, I believe it's Johnson, but um, with Paris Campbell being on IR for the season, Michael Pittman Jr. When he comes back, I think, I think he's a guy you should at least have on your roster. Um, We know in college he was a big bully wide receiver. You know the jump ball. He's gonna fight for it in the air. Um, He's gonna be physical. He brings something different. He brings an end zone target. You know he he could be a guy that is looked for in the red zone. Um, so, you know, they took him in the second round, 34th overall pick. A lot of guys were excited about him when he's healthy. You know, if Rivers starts getting connected with him, we saw him get somewhat of a target share before, but you know, we need to see him get a, a little bit more, um, involved in the offense. So be patient with him, but you know, on a team that needs more pass catchers, because these other guys are inconsistent or really not like that elite level player. I think Michael Pittman can step in and when he gets healthy and into the system, who knows if he's not the number one go-to guy uh, for the receiving core, you know, Rivers likes his tight ends. I think Trey Burton's stepping up a bit for them, but um, Michael Pittman Jr. could be a guy that surprises guys second half of the year. He could be a second half of the year sleeper. Um, didn't make that article that I wrote, but uh, probably should have probably should have. All right. Next question here is from at B. Bor- Borow vets 28 it says Boston Scott or Gio Bernard this week Boston Scott or Gio Bernard this week so um both guys played last week in the absence of the starter uh Geo Bernard taking the field against Cleveland last week uh, in place of Joe Mixon 13 carries for 37 yards, 2.8 average of yards, not too good, but uh, did have five receptions for 59 yards and a touchdown. So he had 20.6 points. So good outing for Bernard last week, Boston Scott against New York Giants, 12 carries for 46 yards, average, uh, a yard better. So 3.8 versus Bernard's 2.8 had three receptions for 46 yards and a touchdown. So 18.2 points for him. Ironically, um, what is up, Commissioner Breeze, my man? I, ironically, uh, both guys had a receiving touchdown, which is great for PPR. Um, get you some points there. Uh, both guys were okay on the ground, but uh, heavily involved. 15 touches for Bernard. Uh, I'm sorry, 15 touches for Scott. Bernard had 18. So 18 to 15 touches. Um what I'm going to say, though, is uh, Boston Scott's to play over Gio Bernard this week. Um, the reason being is the matchup for me uh, against Cowboys. I think the Cowboys might struggle in this game. Uh, they're going to start like a fourth-round rookie, Ben DiNucci, um, as their quarterback. I mean, I hope he balls out. I don't foresee him balling out, but I don't see their offense being on the field a ton, the Cowboys. So I think... Um, I think the Eagles have a chance to uh, really rack up some points here. The Cowboys defense has been nearly horrendous um, this year. Uh, I think, you know, if Scott's going to catch some balls, he has an opportunity to find the end zone. I think his yards per carry 3.8 last week. I think Scott could be around that mark, if not better. Um, I think when you're playing the Cowboys this year, you're plugging in the the offensive pieces. Um because them boys are, are not playing too good a defense right now, and their offense is struggling. So uh, Boston Scott for me over Gio Bernard, PPR formats. That's a good question there. And we got I had a DM from uh, Drew Wolfslager. All right. Uh, would you trade away Alvin Kamara for Darren Waller plus CEH, in a redraft. So Alvin Kamara to receive CEH and Darren Waller in redraft. So my answer to that is no, no, you're not trading away Alvin Kamara for that. It's not a terrible offer. It's not a terrible offer. The guy probably needs another piece to cushion it, but Alvin Kamara is the RB one right now. Um, with 170.4 points overall, um, the RB2, James Robinson, uh, looking at PPR formats, has 133.6. So 170.4 minus 133.6, if my math is good, is a chunk. It's a chunk. It's a good chunk. So there's a good separation between the RB1 and the RB2. He's killing it this year. Uh, just like McCaffrey last year had that big gap between him and the RB2 when he finished RB1 overall. So um, he's averaging 28.4 fantasy points, Camara. C.E.H. is averaging 15.5, and that's without Lev Bell really being in the system, uh, which he is now. We don't know what the involvement's going to be, how big of a split it's going to be, but Bell looked pretty good with his touches last you know, last week when he first was implemented into the system. Waller's averaging 15.1. I'm a big Waller fan. He scores just some consistent fantasy points, but if you add a guy that's averaging 15.5 and 15.1 to trade for a guy that's averaging 28.4, um, you double two guys, they're at 30, a little bit over 30. And then you got a guy who's at 28.4. So Alvin Kamara is taking up one roster spot to almost average more fantasy points than two guys in two roster spots. So if you think about that, it's a tough trade. It's a tough trade because if you got two guys, you know, equal one, um, and the other guy, uh, and the other two guys is equaling about the same, you could be plugging in one guy scoring almost 30 with a guy that's scoring 10 fantasy points average, and that's a better combination. So um, I think you're holding Camaro unless you get a blockbuster offer. I think you need a clear-cut RB1. To me, rest of the season, CEH is not a RB1 for me. Rest of the season. Um, especially with a little bit more competition on the team. Um, I don't think he's a centerpiece like a a Derrick Henry or a Josh Jacobs. Those guys are centerpieces of the offense. I don't think CEH is going to be anymore. Um, I think he's going to be very, very important, but um, you need an RB1 in that deal for Kamara, and then you do need a large piece. Um, Should I consider benching Burrow knowing his left tackle, center, and right tackle will be out? Uh, so that's a good question this week. Um, it really just depends on your roster and who you're going to bench him for. Uh, Joe Burrow, you, you have to understand the talents there. The receiving core is there with uh, with Higgins. A.J. Green's playing better. Uh, Tyler Boyd is a stud. Um, and uh, even Gio Bernard out of the backfield provides somebody he can throw the ball to You know, in an effort to get out of pressure. So... It is a tough situation, but you, you have to just look at, you know, what, what, what's it, what's a way out to be, um, who's my backup wide, uh, quarterback. Cause you know, Joe Burrow is going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. You know, he's talented, you know, his receivers are talented. So if he has less time, maybe the offense schemes way for him to get the ball out of his hands. Um, and, uh, it just really depends on your team. I think, um, I'm plugging him in if it's a super flex league, um, just because he's got the upside uh, due to the guys that are stepping up on his team. So I, I'd still plug him in. All right. Unless you, unless you have like a clear cut uh, super flex quarterback three that you're comfortable um, plugging in. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Uh, Moving forward here. um, Just a quick pod. Just wanted to get something out there this week. uh, So you guys can see my face before Halloween. Um, look at some starts of the week here. So uh, first guy I got going on here for the quarterback position is going to be Carson Wentz this week versus Dallas. So I already talked about Dallas before. Pretty sure they're giving up. Yeah, that was right. The second most receiving yards um, in the league. Just want to confirm that. Um, They're giving up a ton of receiving yards. Carson Wentz has been playing very good as of late. You know, people, there were some rumblings of, Hey, uh, Jalen Hurts season, you know, um, what's going to happen if, you know, Wentz continues to struggle. He's missing all these receivers. He's missing all these guys. Last two games, 27.76 for Wentz, 359 passing yards. That's huge Um, against the Giants, which we know is not the best team, but the game before 29.42 against the Baltimore Ravens defense. So, with some of them, you know, with some of that game, a little bit of garbage time, fourth quarter action, it doesn't matter in fantasy, does it? You know, um two hundred and thirteen yards and two touchdowns in that game. He carried the ball five times for a touchdown as well. So three total touchdowns um in both of the last two games. So playing against the Cowboys, you're gonna you're gonna plug in Carson Wentz. It's an automatic. So, you know, your average quarterback, you're thinking about playing again, you know, against the uh the Cowboys. Um but when it comes to Carson Wentz, who's hot right now, Jalen Rager's coming back too. It, it could be interesting with Carson Wentz. He, he's uh, in my opinion, the start of the week, um, or at least the top three start of the week uh for quarterbacks. How many turnovers do you think Rivers will have this week versus the Lions? So I know McBreeze, uh Commissioner Breeze, the Lions, you know, I their defense is not as bad as they come off to be. You know, Akuda, you know, I'm a big fan of his. He's uh he's stepping up big time. Um Rivers is going to be a guy who's either going to have a a decent game as far as, you know, his completion percentage and things like that or he's going to have a shit show and I could see him at least turn the ball over once against the Lions, at least once, I'd say. So, um I'll give the, uh, the Lions defense that. So, the next uh start I have for running back position is uh Josh Jacobs who has had some games he's struggled in a little bit this this year. Um, but I think the the matchup has some optimism for him going forward here. Cleveland, Cleveland's given up um, a lot of yards to rush uh, running backs. So, you know, you can't use that every week. You look at a team and say, hey, they're giving up a lot of yards. So that's an automatic um, start for me for that running back. It doesn't always work like that. Um, we've seen teams that give up. Uh, a ton of yards and then the running back just doesn't have a good game. Um, you see in teams that give up minimal yards to to running backs and you know, that running back has a big week. So Jacobs has had some ups and downs this year, obviously 35.9. I'm pretty sure he's the RB one week one. Uh, and then he kind of fluctuated 13.5, nine, 3, 10, three, 22.5 against Kansas city. That was good. He had some kind of garbage time play. And then last week, 6.1, um, I think this week against Cleveland, I think he's going to feast. I think they're going to give him uh, a lot of touches in this game. I think he's going to catch some balls. I think he's going to find the end zone. So Josh Jacobs against the Browns, I think is going to be my running back start of the week. I think he's an automatic plug in play. I mean, you will every week, but I'm saying as far as expectations for us going to happen, Josh Jacobs for me is going to have a massive week. I can see him scoring 20, 20 plus uh, fantasy points this week against the Browns. The, uh, Wide receiver position is interesting because you have a thousand wide receivers in the league, you know, and you you look at matchups, you look at the quarterback play, you can look at all these things, but sometimes you can just get have a gut gut feeling about a guy, um, and that's what I do for uh, this wide receiver that I think could be one of the starts of the weeks for the position that's very deep, so you can really fluctuate with you know who does what. But uh, it's going to be Robert Woods versus the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think coming off of a game. That he kind of had a stinker against Chicago, which is fine with me. I'm a big Bears fan, so you know I love Woods. But if he's going to have a, a a dud and it's against my Bears, then power to the Bears. But last week only had five targets and caught three of them. Um, he had four carries, uh, so he only had five point five points. Usually he's been floating around somewhere between fourteen and maybe eighteen points. Uh, he did have that twenty one point four. Uh, point game against the Buffalo Bills. But I think with Miami, it's not a bad defense. It's really not a bad defense. I think we get this stigma about the Dolphins and think that they're like on the Jets level sometimes, but they're not, they're not. They made big improvements um, on that side of the ball and and Flores coaches that uh, team well and the defense is a lot better than they're given credit for. But I just have this gut feeling, Jared Goff, Dolphins, It's going to be a Robert Woods 10 target game, 10 targets to Robert Woods. And I'm not going to say he's going to score in this game, but I think the volume is going to be there for him to really take off. And um, I can see him having just a good week, maybe a week around 20 points uh, because of the um, PPR receptions and then the yardage that he has. So I have a good feeling about Robert Woods this week. I think, you know, when you have a guy you trust in the system, you know, the, the, the Rams trust uh, Robert Woods they just signed and extended him McVay likes him Jared Goff has had a great connection to him uh, week 6 he gave him 10 targets against the 49ers I think it's going to be closer to that again because you you got to give your vets a chance to bounce back you know we saw Tyler Lockett have some some duds and then a week or two later he has a massive 30 point game cuz you respect the veterans in your system and you feed him. You feed him after a bad week. So I think Robert Woods is going to be one of the starts of the week for the wide receiver position even if he's not projected that many points. Um so yeah, I like Woods this week. The tight end position I'm going to go with Trey Burton, which wasn't really a big Trey Burton fan um coming from Chicago, you know, there was stories about him kind of opting out of playing in playoff games because of, uh, not being mentally prepared. There's weird stories I heard. So I was really turned off by Trey Burton, but, um, we know Phillip Rivers historically loves a tight end, right? You know, he had a connection with Hunter Henry, um, Antonio Gates. These are obvious things that most people know. Uh, but you know, we saw Mo Alley Cox in you know the past have a few couple good games and you know Jack Doyle for a lot of people was a sleeper. I think Trey Burton stole the job away from both of them. They might have been banged up, they might have been um, underperforming. Whatever the case is, I know Mo Alley Cox just got cleared, but I think Trey Burton after this pass game, um, it was week six. He had the buy in week seven, uh, four catches on five targets for a touchdown, fifty eight yards, and then he had one carry for a touchdown too. So. He's a freak athlete. They're going to use him in different ways. I think Rivers is going to continue to give somewhere around that five target uh, range in three games here. He's had five targets, six targets, and five targets. So it's consistent. Um, for me, with any sort of receiving position, tight end, you know, pass catching, running back, um, wide receiver, obviously, I like to see consistent targets. Um, so Trey Burton with three weeks uh, of consistent targets. I like him going forward. I think he fell off a lot of people's radar because of the bye week. He had that huge 21.9 week against the Bengals. And then they hit the bye, so he might be chilling on your waivers still. Um, but against the uh, Detroit Lions this week, I can see him having a good game. They're going to use him, and they're going to use him well. And uh, even with Alley Cox and uh, Jack Doyle in the mix, I think they are second and third tier to Trey Burden, and that's just obvious to me off the last three games. So, um, again, starts of the week for me. Uh, quarterback Wentz versus the Eagles running back Jacobs versus the Browns wide receiver Woods versus the Dolphins and then tight end Burton versus the lions. So, um, hopefully going into the week, everybody's bouncing back from a dud from a lot of these, uh, uh, Falcons and Panthers players. I know, um, unless you were a a Curtis Samuel, um, manager, make sure I say these things, right. Curtis Samuel manager. Um, otherwise wasn't a ton of things to be excited about outside of the kicker. So, uh, here's the hoping that we have a better weekend with some of our guys here. Um, and, uh, it's going to be an interesting one, especially with, you know, question marks being there for running backs, uh, you know, in green Bay in, with the 49ers, um, Seattle, there's things up in the air right now. So make sure we're paying attention to the news that comes out injury reports and Saturday, I I'd be checking your lineups, uh, more than once just to be ready for this week. So, um, other than that, uh, thanks for the questions for the people that, um, commented them. Uh, a lot of people ask from all the times, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to answer questions because it makes you think a little bit more, um, about some roster situations that people have and, uh, you know, some guys that are trending in different directions. So I I do like to answer some questions when I, when I do get the time and, uh, solo pod, um, if you stuck in and, and uh, listen to me talk. I I appreciate that. But uh, again, this is Nick from P2W Fantasy. Appreciate you chiming in and uh, feel free to DM me at any time or comment on this uh, live stream. And I'll uh, give you my thoughts on whatever you want to talk about. So have a nice night, guys.